Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. Here in the United States anymore, it seems like you can hardly go to the gas station or the grocery store without being presented with the opportunity to buy a lottery ticket or participate in some form of gambling. Every year, millions of people flock to Las Vegas, Nevada for the primary purpose of participating in legalized gambling. When municipalities have a financial crisis, it seems like that almost every time legalizing gambling is presented as an option to generate more tax revenues. If you read the Bible, the Bible never says, thou shalt not gamble. Is gambling against scriptural principles, or is it just a harmless form of entertainment? Gambling is definitely against scriptural principles. I think we can say gambling is a sin. Maybe not the worst sin, but it is a violation of God's Word. Uh, Historically, Christians of all groups have taught that, or almost all, especially conservative Christians. And that might be a little seem curious because you're right. The Bible never explicitly says gambling is a sin or thou shalt not gamble. And I I suppose the number one reason in biblical times, there really wasn't much in the way. There, there were games of chance and there was gambling, but the kind of organized mass gambling that we think of was uh, really not part of the ancient culture in any way like it is today. And so it probably wasn't at the forefront of the average Christian. And probably the average Christian of the first century, not to speak of the Israelites of ancient times, that wasn't a burning issue. Shall I go out and spend all my money gambling? Uh, First of all, they didn't have much. And second of all, there wasn't much opportunity. And uh, that was probably not considered a very rational thing. You know, just from a practical standpoint, I don't have the numbers with me, but you're probably, for any major um, reward, say, multi-million dollar lottery, the odds of getting struck by lightning are much greater than the odds of winning. So that someone has said that uh, gambling is a tax on the mathematically challenged. And there is a lot of truth to that because most of the time, there, there are some who are, who are attracted to it recreationally, but most people who gamble seriously with serious hope of success are poor people or people in need, and they desperately need this it's almost like they need a miracle, but instead of trusting God, they're trying gambling. And so if it doesn't come to pass, as it usually doesn't, you're actually taking desperately needed resources from people. And, and so there are a lot of things wrong with gambling. On a personal level, Second Thessalonians 3 gives you the biblical principle. If anyone does not work, he should not eat. So God's plan is, going back to Genesis, you should work to support yourself, if possible. Now, obviously, the elderly, the retired, the the children, the the, the handicapped, the people who who lose a job and can't get one. You know, we want to make provision for all of those cases. But the basic principles: if you're capable of working, you should work. You should not seek something for nothing. Uh, you should work and work hard to support yourself. And in fact, if you don't support your own family, you're worse than an unbeliever. 
You have a moral obligation to support yourself and to support your family. That's God's plan. I, re, I saw this vividly. There was a man I pastored who wouldn't hold a steady job. His wife had to support the family. It was uh, very sad because he was in church and claimed to be a Christian and yet was not performing this basic responsibility. One time, I guess he had heard about how God had miraculously supplied a car to someone. and So he came to me one day. God spoke to me. He's going to give me a brand new car. I know he's going to do it. Well, it never happened. He got very angry because he felt like he was entitled for God to do a miracle. Well, I tried to explain to him, you know what? Yes, it is God's will to give you a new car. If you go out and get a job and work hard, God will give you a new car. And one time I was counseling, I found out he was, I was counseling because he wasn't paying tithes on whatever income he did have and uh, other things too. And he said, well, Brother Bernard, I, I am buying a lottery ticket every week, but I promise you, when I win, I'm going to pay all the tithes and I'm going to give to the building program. And you won't have to worry about this new building that you're trying to build. God's going to supply it. I will give it to you. I said, brother, I don't need to win the lottery to build a new building. If everybody in the church will get a job and pay their tithes, we'll have enough money for the new building. God has a plan for giving us a new building. And God has a plan for supporting your family. And you don't have to waste money. What you're doing is you're actually taking the hard-earned dollars of your wife and the things that your family needs, and you're wasting it. Um, and so, number one, it's violating the scriptural principle of working for to support yourself. Number two, so you're trying to get something for nothing. Um, number two is you're not trusting God to supply your needs. So if you do have a need that you can't supply by means beyond your control, you need to go to God. And you need to ask Him. Number three, it's not good stewardship, because for the vast majority of dollars, they're wasted. And that's inevitably true. Why would casinos be multi-million dollar businesses if they're paying off most of their stuff? No, they're taking most of the, the money and only giving a small fraction, the same way with lotteries. So they're raking in millions of dollars, as I said, disproportionately from people who can't afford it. So even if you do win the lottery, you just took a million dollars from poor people. How does that make you feel? No, you didn't rob a bank, but basically you are willing to play a game hoping that everybody else will suffer. For you to win, everybody else has to lose something, and especially poor people and people with families that need the money for, for food. And so you feel good about taking a million dollars because you just took it out of the pockets of all these other people. So that's really not the way Christians should operate. Um, and, of course, then, then you start talking about the practical side. Gambling is highly addictive. It's highly destructive of families and, and human lives, even on, a, even on the law of Christian liberty, because we, we do have liberty in Christ. Even if we said, you know what, I'm not bound by the law. I'm free to do this in, in a responsible way. But yet the danger it causes to a high percentage of people of addiction and Financial destruction and family destruction means, as a Christian, as Paul said, you know, if meat would cause my bro brother to stumble and fall, if if my eating meat would cause a brother to backslide, I won't eat meat again, the rest of my life. Well, if gambling would cause a significant percentage of people to stumble and fall, it'd be better not to gamble. So even from a a, a principle of Christian liberty, 
uh, we're advised not to do such things that harm other people and harm our society. And so, yes, I think we can say, you know, as a Christian, we should not gamble. It's not the right thing to do. And, and I would say it's not just the people that lose, but the people that win. If you, if you track the stories, the vast majority of the people that win, it turns out to be, in a few cases, yes, they buy a new house, they're able to retire and whatever. But for so many people, it becomes destructive of their own lives because they don't know how to handle that money. And they, they spiral into personal overindulgence and addictions and, and divorce and personal destruction. Or family and it distorts all relationships, their family and friends. So now families are fighting. Now so-called friends are stabbing them in the back, demanding this and banning that. Or people are coming to, to take advantage of their naivete and, and under the guise of managing their money and investing their money, they're stealing their money. So... In so many cases, it turns out to be what seemed like a blessing turns out to be a disaster. And I think it goes back to because you're not following godly principles. If God wants you to make a million dollars, there's a way that you could work hard and invest hard. And I will say responsible investment in the stock market and so on is not gambling because you are investing in something of value and you're trying and it does have a productive value to the whole of society to invest in business, and you are trying to make a wise choice, not random, it's not luck, it's not gambling, but it's trying to uh, to make a, a responsible evaluation. Um, and so uh, just getting something for free, like like a raffle where you're, you, you go to uh, some event and you're not paying for the chance, but you're just given a door prize, that to me that's not gambling. But when you're risking something of value that you didn't have to risk, you're not investing it in something uh, that's productive or it's not a matter of skill, but it's simply a matter of betting your money on something, uh, then I think Christians shouldn't participate in lotteries or casinos or bets or other forms of gambling. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share apostolic life in the 21st century with a friend or family member. Finally, join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.